welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Clarence, and it's just me today as I introduce to some that we do after shows. And you can find all those after shows on Patreon.com where they are posted first before making it eventually to this feed where you hear them now. So, guys, in this episode, we are taking you back to the after shows. Again, we tend to get a bit goofy, but valuable discussion is always around the corner. In these vignettes of post-show banter, we discuss everything from the promise of Star Trek's utopian ideas to the life of a captain post-Star Trek series. In addition to the normal Discussing Trek crew, the Discussing Who cast joins in, as some of these discussions take place after some episodes of Discussing Who. And to find out about those guys, please go to DiscussingWho.com. So, guys, before we jump into that, I want you to also check out our YouTube page, which can be found at YouTube.DiscussingTrek.com. I know everybody's on YouTube these days, so please, please, next time you're on, either go to that URL I just gave you or, or search for Discussing Trek in YouTube and give us a subscription, guys. We would definitely love that. Before we get into these so-called aforementioned vignettes. First, I want to play a bit of a package that was made for the Star Trek tribute, which occurred at the 2018 Creative Emmy Awards. Now, the Creative Art Emmy Awards are presented in conjunction uh, with the normal Primetime Emmy Awards, and pr- they represent a, a recognition of technological and other similar achievements in American television programming. Um, including guest acting roles. So Star Trek got a really, really nice tribute at the 2018 Primetime Creative Arts Emmy Awards. And I just thought the package was so fantastic. And it gave me goosebumps, to be quite frank with you. And I just thought it was something that you guys should hear. So um, here we go. Check it out. It's pretty awesome. On March 11, 1964, Gene Roddenberry wrote three words on a blank page. Star Trek is. What followed was half a century of stories, unbridled by the constraints of time or space, but always a reflection of what it means to be human. They used to say that if man were meant to fly, he'd have wings. But he did fly. He discovered he had to. (laughs) I don't believe we can stop. In fact, through all our existence, the frightened and faint-hearted have been warning not to push any further, not to learn anymore, not to hope, grow, and exceed themselves. I don't believe we can stop. I don't believe we're meant to. What a piece of work is man. How noble in reason. How infinite in faculty, in form, in moving. How express and admirable in action. How like an angel, in apprehension, how like a god. I see us one day becoming that. It is the unknown that defines our existence. We are constantly searching, not just for answers to our questions, but for new questions. We are explorers. We explore our lives, 
day by day. And we explore the galaxy, trying to expand the boundaries of our knowledge, not to conquer with weapons or with ideas, but to coexist and learn. Live long and prosper. In a part of space where there are few rules, it's more important than ever that we hold fast to our own. We have to have something stable to rely on, and we do. The principles and ideals of the Federation. As far as I'm concerned, those are the best allies we could have. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure, more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. The only way to defeat fear is to tell it no. We will not take shortcuts on the path to righteousness. We will continue exploring, discovering new worlds, new civilizations. That is the United Federation of Planets. Space. The final frontier. All right, everyone, head back to your posts. Let's see what's out there. Set a course. Heading. Okay, guys, I hope you really, really enjoyed that uh, snippet. I really loved it. I thought it was awesome and I wanted to to play it for you guys. If you by chance did not get to see it or catch up with it online. Uh, again, if you want to find out more, you can go to emmys.com and search and find out more information about the actual event. Uh, they had some pretty uh, prominent Star Trek actors in attendance, which I thought was pretty awesome as well. Pretty freaking cool. But guys, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into these after shows. I don't believe there are any spoilers in here, but there are chance for some spoilers. So before we get into it, I'm just going to go ahead and play the spoiler bumper right now. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. Okay, guys, we're back and we are ready to get into it. Now, the first piece of content we have here is called The Blob. After our review of the first episode of Star Trek Discovery Caretaker, we give some additional thoughts on some inconsistencies in the episode. I hope I didn't take you guys too far off the rails, but like, I, just, I really like this episode. I know I like ragged on it a lot, but I really enjoyed it. No, man, yeah. your thoughts were comedy gold. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Leaving it all in. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike the caretaker. Oh, too soon, too soon. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot my last thought about the caretaker. Go for it. Bonus. Go for bonus. It, please. Did somebody at, at Void, at, who was the show, just decide they wanted a CG blob in the show? Like, what was that? Uh, yeah, remind me of that thing off of, um, uh, what's the, what's the set, set, um, uh, it turned to a rock. I was like, what? Oh, what is, what is the, I'm thinking, of, I can't remember the name of the show. Frack. Nobody. The Seth, the, 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 the family guy show. A boy in his blog. Uh, 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 not Scarstrike Discovery. 
the Seth, the Seth uh, Rogan. Is it Seth Rogan? Family, no, Seth Family Guy, Cleveland Show, American Dad, American Dad. No, it's the it's the space one, right? Wow, it's the Blob. Oh, the Orville. Oh, the Orville. Orville. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh, that show must have no impact on us. We know. Orville Rittenbacher. I just think of popcorn. <laughs> yeah, but there's a blob on Orville that is uh Oh yeah. yeah. He, he's trying, I forgot about that. He, he's trying to uh to, to to date the black lady, which is Cisco's girlfriend off of DS9. Yeah. Tangled the actor? Yeah. The actress wow. is uh Cassidy Jones. He's trying to get all in that. I think he did at some <laughs> point. <laughs> oh my god. You're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happened. I'm just saying. They're having blob six. <laughs> Starfleet blob six. Uh, okay. And yeah. Can I just say one more thing about my my dislike of Kim and Neelix? No, oh, I don't. Boy. Well, no. Well, this is to kind of. I don't hate them. Hate them. Like I don't. You know, spit vile venom every time I see them. I understand their point in the show, but I could do without them. <laughs> yeah. Like. Like, if there's a, a Kim-free or Neelix-free episode, I'm just a little bit happier. Wow. Just a little bit. Man, Kim has one of my favorite episodes on the, on the series as a whole. I can't And wait. I was sad when Neelix left. Yeah, me too. That, 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 that was kind of sad. I will admit that was kind of sad. But it just, and just then, overall. Then without him, you wouldn't have, like, Tom Paris trying to hit on Kiss and the tension that caused. Come on, man. Kiss. So is it not one of my favorites? Oh, so which Jeremy. which one? I can't remember which one ends up marrying the Klingon girl. Tom, Tom that's Tom. Okay, it's Tom. Okay, okay. Tom. I couldn't remember if it was him or Harry. Like the entire time I'm watching the show. Oh, Harry. Now there there was an episode where Tom Paris did marry Kiss, and it was just kind of like one of those going backwards in time episodes. So did Neelix like kill him with a shovel or something? <laughs> He probably would have. No, I don't think he did. Yeah, um, man, there's so many great He's moments. in the right corner there. weeping silently. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I got some sugar cookies in here. <laughs> oh, Neelix. Uh, oh, man. He reminded me of them, the, uh, the little kids making food with the rocks and stuff. That that was him in the uh, in the galley. He'd be like getting yeah. all kind of crazy stuff to make food. It was oh, 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 oh. One more thing that makes sense to me, okay? So this this quote unquote <laughs> barrier, the wall, like it, the, the thing that didn't make sense to me about it was that they couldn't beam in there, but they could dig around a rock and get through it. <laughs> what? Uh, it was be something with to do with the minerals in the planet uh, that were was causing them, if I remember correctly. That, that I know, he, I know, he started shooting off another bomb <laughs> at the end. That, and they said it like did something to the to crust, but like before that, they couldn't they couldn't just beam in there. Well, but they were also saying that the more, as time wound down, he was trying to fortify it so nobody else could get in. Uh, you know, because he was gonna die, he didn't want the Kazan to come and kill everybody. She was like, "They told us it takes our skin off if we touch it." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Did you try throwing a rocket at it or something?" <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Good I loved it, man. I loved that episode. It was good. And it, I, oh, yeah. And it got my wife interested in Star Trek for like the first time ever. That is fracking so, awesome. Yeah, like, that's good. She was like, um, she's like, I'm so excited that this is the first episode. Now I won't be lost. So we can just <laughs> go through it together. Yeah. Carrie, normally I'm what? Wa- no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, normally I'm watching something and I'm like 10 episodes in and she doesn't even try because she doesn't want to just sit there and ask me questions. So. 
Okay, guys, we are back. Hope you enjoyed that. Now we're going to dive right into our next piece of content called How Do We Get There? And this piece of content occurred after talking about Star Trek Enterprise Broken Bow. We began to ponder how we could actually realize this utopian Gene Roddenberry vision. This episode, I, I don't get why you and Kyle did not connect, man. I don't know, man. I just I just wasn't crazy about it. I what? mean, it wasn't it wasn't bad, but it's just not something that I can see myself continuing to watch. Was it the fact that it seemed like it's more closely to our time or something rather than Voyager? <sighs> no, not for me. Hmm. I don't think it was that. I just hmm. huh. it, it it just felt like. To me, it kind of felt like Star Trek light. <laughs> oh, God. You know, it, it was diet Star Trek. <laughs> it was not that bad, man. I love the practicalness of, of everything they were doing. You know, this, this, the trenches, man. It, it, the, the spaceship was more like a freaking submarine than it was like a freaking starship that you see in on Voyager. I mean, Discovery or something, you know, it was more practical, more down to earth. It, uh, I love the connective tissue of where we could be in a hundred years. That's what I felt from it. Well, the cool thing I will say about this series is it always makes me wonder, like, how does society get to a point to where money doesn't matter? And all that matters is the advancement of, you know, the human race or whatever like that. Like that part is always intriguing to me. But I know, like, I don't even want to say this, but it's just like. You hear all these people that are like, oh, communism is bad. But like, yeah. is, isn't that what this is? Isn't it communism? Uh, like, no, because you can still do what you want in the Star Trek world. Um, so you can just have a regular job and make money that way or you, you don't have to join Starfleet? Well, I think the thing is, though, you go from working for money and you work toward goals or enlightenment. Um if that makes any sense, which it probably doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess the communism part is wrong because I mean, the main problem with communism is you have a few people who still have all the money and all the power and they're not, you're not, you're not necessarily equally distributing all of the, well, the wealth. Well, I, th I think, I think you're looking at it from the wrong point of view. I said, look at it from the point of view where like Tripp said, we've eradicated hunger, disease, war. It just takes, disease and hunger we've eradicated that nobody has to be hungry so just that alone changes the outlook of the world you know but yeah yeah that's what i'm saying though is like that's the part that intrigues me is like how do we get to that point yeah. like so maybe will we that... ever get to that point like that that's the kind of thing that's always intriguing to me about star trek as a whole because i mean even on even star wars which is like couldn't be any more different where, you know, people still have jobs. You have bounty hunters, yeah, you got true. smugglers. Like, you know, it's just, it's just really interesting to me, well, I well, guess. Th th there could be a breakthrough where food is no longer an issue. You don't think that's possible? Mm. Oh, yeah, I think that, it, I think it's possible. Um, but like I said, I'm more, more interested in like how we would arrive to that conclusion. And I think I that right there would be an awesome TV show that where you be a show, yeah. You know, where you're seeing, you know, 
25, 50 years after the Klingon, not the Klingons, the Vulcans first arrived, and you're seeing the first steps of the United Planets or the Federation, whatever, being formed. You're seeing the eradication of hunger. You're seeing the one government starting to come together. That would be really, really cool. And I, could yeah, I, I was going to say, like, once, once you eradicate hunger and disease, and it kind of takes away the reason we're kind of trying to kill each other right now. You know, it it in large part takes away a lot of that. Now, I think war is going to be the biggest hurdle to get over. And and but once you take away those things that we're fighting for, what's left? You know, what's left? What are we pursuing? Yeah. But yeah. You know what I think totally changes that dynamic. And I, I you know, I, I hope what I'm about to say is true or would be true when you're the center of your own universe, it's easy to start fighting amongst yourselves. Yep. But when you see that there are, you're just, you're not alone out there. It kind of, if for no other reason than self-preservation, and I, and I don't mean that in a negative defeatist mentality, but in a way that's kind of reality to some degree. If for no other reason than self-preservation or preservation to, to exist, you've got to start getting along. You've got to stop seeing yeah, all the little things. True. Kind of like that year after nine eleven, not to go dark, but that year after nine eleven, where we weren't we weren't Black Americans or White Americans or Muslim Americans or we were just all American, you know. Like we were. I mean, I hate what happened, but I've never seen the country as united as it was after that happened. And to see that on a bigger scale, you know, to see outside threats from outside of the earth, you know. Maybe the United Nations or whatever would say if we've, you know, if we discovered aliens tomorrow, maybe the United Nations would say, look, you know, there's a bigger picture here. We got to keep our, you know, I, I, I guess in that sense, what, what you're saying, Kyle, it would make sense. I just like outside of an outside threat, I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. And I, I think like we've wanted for the longest that to be the space race. We wanted that to be the thing that kind of. Brings us all together for this aspirational, you know, encounter to the stars to explore and all this stuff. And that's kind of what the realization of Star Trek is. But, you know, it's a hard road to do that. And like you said, uh, if if we saw another being out there that was smarter than we were, we would all find a reason to, <laughs> to band together. One would hope and 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 try to, you know reach a higher plane and it's just like i don't I, I, I like you said i would love to see that realization somehow or see how it could happen you know so yeah. good stuff man good stuff on good after comments too by the way <laughs> yeah 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 the whole thing about star trek in some ways it's just really romantic to me and i don't mean in like a relationship since i meant just like the idea of there being a point in human civilization where we're all working toward the same goal. Like if that ever happens, man, you know, kind of like in Star Trek, you know, we yeah. would be able to accomplish anything. And I think that's part of the message of Star Trek from somebody who doesn't know anything about Star Trek. Like that's what I get from it. One day, man, one day. All right, guys, we are back. And this piece of content is actually a bit different. Like I mentioned up top, Two of these vignettes or these after shows take place after discussing who, which is our 
discussing network Doctor Who podcast. If you're into Doctor Who and, you know, new female doctor, why not? Please go to discussingwho.com and check out our reviews. We review each and every episode. We started with 2005 onward and, and yeah, just a lot of good content there. So if you're a Whovian, definitely check out discussing who and we're going to jump right into it. The name of this is called chink in the armor. It is actually talks about a little bit about the script, which was done by friend and co-host on discussing who Lee Shackford, because you know what guys, he used to write for star Trek, the next generation. No, no. I was just going to tell Lee that I finally finished reading chink in the armor. Oh my God. Dude, it's really good. It's really good. Yes, yes, man. That that the the um thing about the Klingons we having now not being the originals, I thought mm-hmm. that was just brilliant. And to see what Worf went through in the episode. Yeah. Wouldn't that awesome. have been fun to see on screen? Yes. That have been, yeah. And of course, as I'm reading this. Some of the parts I'm saying in Data's voice, uh-huh. <laughs> saying in Bakar's voice. And that's what struck me most about the script is I don't know how you guys did it. Do you go back and watch old footage? But you managed to capture the essence of not only what that char- character would say, but how they would say it. That's um, that, that's still one of the things that I've taken away from that whole experience all those years ago is Ron Moore saying to me, you really had the voices of these characters down. Yes. You know, I, I, I'll that's a compliment. I I'm still, you know, <laughs> I still take out and look at every now and then. So, um, yeah. yeah, pretty. Awesome. I don't know. It's 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 a knack. I can't explain it. But, you know, it's like some people do it and some don't karen and i just watched a, a, an episode from the third season of the original star trek one that i probably haven't looked at in 20 years because i hate it and uh, i thought you know i'll give it a chance you know i haven't looked at it in a long time and it's as terrible as i remember <laughs> and part of what's funny about it is that the characters don't sound like themselves uh-huh. this writer just didn't you know he, sulu sounds like he is 12 years old you know and, and spock is just being an ass and just <laughs> it's like nobody you know, you go, well, Scotty wouldn't say that. What, what's happening here? You know, but mm. so yeah. how do you go about capturing that, though? Like, what do you do? Um, watch a lot of footage? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I tell my students is that you've got to get these people's voices inside your head and 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 just be asking yourself, what are the kinds of things they say that make them distinct from somebody? It really does seem to be a, a knack if you if you don't have it. I don't I don't. I don't know. I don't even know if it can be taught. It's just one of those yeah. things. But you, you have it in spades, sir. So, Lee, where, where did where does uh, again like what you were just saying when you got that? What, what thought process went through your head to say, okay, this person sh- really shouldn't. This isn't how this person would really talk. But mm-hmm. I think this person would talk that way. Where did? Where did that thinking process, how did that happen? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't explain it. But, yeah, I just go, eh, yeah, she wouldn't say that. But I know what she would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't explain it. But that's, a, that's a growing edge. Maybe I need to figure out where that comes from because it, I, I, I would like to be able to teach it. I know that I have students who would like to be able to, to do that. But it's, it's not enough that I can do it. I want to be able to, you know, I, it's, it's interesting. It reminds me when I, uh, one of the most valuable things I took away from the, uh, the playwriting intensive at the Kennedy center was that one of the, the master playwrights there that we were studying with, he, he said, uh, he, he astonished me by saying that you, you should be able to go through your script 
with whiteout and paint out all the characters' names. Wow. And then and then give the script to somebody and they should be able to tell who's who. And I just remember my heart sinking, thinking, Oh crap. All of my characters all they all talk like me, you know? They all they all sound the same. But from that time, I've really you know, it really started me thinking about that. That yeah, no two people talk alike. So what is, what are the things that people say the ways that they say them do they you know do, do they do they do they hesitate in their speech do they repeat themselves a lot do they you know uh, everything all the vast you know myriad things that people do that make their speech different from each other and really tried to pit attention to that and make sure it gets down on paper and maybe so, you just answered the question of why maybe maybe <laughs> Because I, it's it's something that I like about my own scripts and relativity is that Sophia and Chris do not talk the same. No, they don't. And I think that's that's already there on paper. If if two yeah. other actors came to that role, it would it would still you'd still be able to you'd still well of course you'd know who's who, but I mean <laughs> <laughs> you'd know that it was Chris and Sophia even if they were being played by other characters because they'd still be talking differently from each other in that way that they yes do. yes so uh, anyway. Interesting. So, so now that you've read Chink in the Armor, did did I did I tell you about why? Even though people in the writers' room read it and said this is great, but no, and what the no was about? Uh, I, you may have, but I don't remember because I think this is kind of like an amazing backstory of Star Trek: The Next Generation, or of, of all of Star Trek, because my understanding was that as fans at that point in 1991, we all wanted to know what the hell happened. Why do, why do Klingons in the original series look one way? And then starting with Star Trek, the motion picture, they look different. And this episode was going to explain what happened. Right. Yeah. And, um, Larry Karen, who was on the, uh, the writer's staff at the time, he said, we talked about this and talked about it and talked about it. And the show's official explanation is going to be, They've always looked like that. You just don't remember it right. What? What? Yes. <laughs> Give your audience a little more credit than that. Come on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Jeez. And and then we started getting every now and then um, somebody would say something about what had happened to the Klingons. And then they'll move on because it was apparently something that it just isn't discussed. We don't talk about it. And then on the Deep Space Nine where they did um, the Trouble with Tribbles. Uh, we saw other Klingons in the yeah. same room with Worf. <laughs> we yeah. saw original series Klingons, and um, somebody—that's the time we don't talk about. That's it. <laughs> and that was the that was the first time that <laughs> in uh, Trials and Tribulations. That was the first time that anybody actually said something directly about it. That's a which, time we don't talk about. Which in your script you said that several times about Worf's shame of that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But it, so, 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 so to me, that's lifted directly from your, well, from your thoughts. There were a lot of things like that, that as the years went by, I go, wow, that is totally from one of my scripts. Okay, whatever. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Very cool. Good stuff, man. That is awesome. <laughs> I want to see this done in relativity style, sir. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a radio drama of chink uh, in the armor. Yeah. Interesting. This piece of content coming up next is called The Captains, and it takes place after episode 122 of Discussing Who, where Lee talks about his viewing of William Shatner's The Captains. But I, I, so I've been listening, like, like I said, I've been trying to catch up on Discussing Trek, and I had just uh, heard a uh, um, review of The Emissary and your remarks about what 
Benjamin Sisko had meant to you as a young man growing up. And I loved Kyle. I loved that you were the one who said, "Yeah." And this is a this is a man who uh, who brings up his son alone instead of the persistent image of the woman who brings up her son alone. Yeah, and that's a deliberate choice of Deep Space Nine showrunners, and and that was a courageous stand. And you know, all of us who love that show, he doesn't just bring up that boy; he does a damn fine job. Yes, yes, it's <laughs> so, going so great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so. Have you guys seen the uh, the captains the 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 interview thing that uh, William Shatner? I have not. Neither yeah. have I. We we just watched this recently. It is it is jaw dropping. It's just amazing, and uh, it is on Netflix, I think. But but check it out because he he goes around and it involves some travel. But he spends some time with um, uh, Avery Brooks and he spends some time with Patrick Stewart and uh, Kate Mulgrew and uh, Scott Bakula. Huh. So it's him interviewing the four of them uh, in various locations as they're doing what they're doing. But his that interview with Avery Brooks is weird. It is <laughs> – you just, you just have to see it to believe it. I've always known that Avery Brooks was like super smart, and I think I knew that he was a jazz musician. Yeah, 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 I heard that. But so it, it is the two of them at Avery Brooks's house and – and Avery plays through the whole interview, and sometimes they sing. <laughs> it it, it, it oh, must boy. be seen to be believed, oh, but it is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and then, and then at the end, when uh, Shatner is kind of wrapping it all up, and and it's, it, 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 I think it's like footage from where he was going to show some parts of the documentary as he was putting it together, or whatever. But he's talking to a big crowd, and he's talking about what it was like talking to these people. And he said. Kate, of course, is wonderful, and Patrick is so – it's just been so great to get to know him. And Avery Brooks – Avery Brooks is out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see him saying that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Says the man who does weird uh, music albums himself. Exactly. So. Yeah, you're one to talk, man. <laughs> oh, boy. That's great. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um yeah, yeah I mean, what 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 he what he wants to talk about with Kate Mulgrew and I, and I just love that there's footage of the two of them talking about this mm-hmm. is how hard it is to be the star of one of these shows. Hmm. And his marriage broke up doing Star Trek. Her marriage broke up during Voyager. Wow. Um, and I know that. I didn't Avery know Brooks, that either. Avery Brooks had the same thing. Yeah. Um, I think you know I think all five of them had marriages that failed while they were while they were the captain. I think that's I, I may need to go back and look at the documentary again, because I think that's actually a point that got brought up is that no nobody's marriage could survive them being on that show because you're you're there 16 hours a day, six days a week. Yeah. And and you're the one who's got all the lines and you're and the burden of the show is on you. Your name is in the opening credits. Yep. It, it, the pressure is absolutely crushing. And yeah, I, yeah, I remember at a uh, we were actually at Pensacon and Robert Picardo was talking about uh, Kate Mulgrew mm. and, he, and, he, and he was saying he loved her being the captain because she had kids. So yeah. she, she didn't play around. She came in and did her thing and tried to get out of there as soon as possible. Yeah, I remember. Yep. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And she talks now about that. That was that was her best effort, but it, it wasn't enough that those those her, 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 her kids resent her really? time as the captain to this day. That yeah. makes me sad. Finally, last and not least, it may be fitting when we talk about the title of this one. The name of this one is The Final Countdown and Celine Dion. After our review of Star Trek Enterprise, 
episode Affliction, the discussion gets into binge watching on Netflix and strangely enough, Celine Dion. Thank you all for attending. You were great. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having us. And hopefully we'll have something to say on the next episode because uh, maybe we should do this two-part together. I wasn't thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, now that we've watched them both, I cannot separate them. I know. That's why you can't do it, man. You can't do it. Because that happened to me on a uh, Discussing Who episode we did. Um, Satan Pit, I think it was the episode. Yeah. But I... I, I I did a major spoiler for the next episode, and uh, and our friend Lee hadn't even watched it, and I was like, "Oh my bad, I didn't mean yeah. to." Oh. <laughs> and what's really sad is I never even got the fact when you did it. I didn't even know you did the spoiler. Uh, it happens. It happens. Well, I mean, especially with Netflix, soon as one episode goes off, it's like the countdown from ten, <laughs> and it starts the next one, and you're not going to say, "Okay, I'm going to stop." You gotta be quick. You can't, yeah, you, you can't <laughs> stop in the middle of the countdown. You have to wait till the next one started before you stop it. Uh, and then it starts, and you're like, "Well, well and that's usually how I end up binge watching the entire season." And, and, and then you, it's a long road. <laughs> and then you can't turn the away. only thing I put the, I put it on mute whenever that was on. <laughs> Listen, you cannot judge this series based on that particular. They they changed it like third season, and it pissed. They added this. It got the tempo, to, son. To, to, to. Yeah, it's it like porno music. They overlaid over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let my new uh, brain waves continue. Enjoy <laughs> that episode. It, it's not that bad, man. Will enjoy it, that episode. Will it be the song that like goes down in Star Trek Infamy as being like the worst thing ever? Because it's it's not that bad, man. It's no. The, listen, the first two seasons, the original. Song is beautiful. I love it. It's my favorite. But when they changed it, it just—I don't know why. Like, mm. oh, my only thing is people love the freaking um, "Take My Life, Take My Land." What's the um, dang? What's the name Maybe, of the show? Uh, Firefly. Firefly. Yeah, people love that song, and it's not too different from. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like almost the same yeah. thing. I didn't like that either. Oh, I love but, that song. I think it has a lot to do with the like. If you would take away all of the visual input during the songs, I think they would like them more. I think it had a lot to do with the visual input. The visual input is what I love. Jeez. Thank you. Which on Firefly or on this one? On both. On both. <laughs> now, 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 without the song uh, on uh, uh, Enterprise, absolutely. It, I, I love the visual, how it you know progresses and takes you through history. Love What's that. So about the song, though. So, so hold on, hold on. Kyle, what's your favorite group? Of what? Music. Was, uh, I, don't, artist. I don't really listen to music. <laughs> you got to have a favorite artist, man. Come on now. Come on now. I'm putting you on the like spot. Music in probably 10 or 15 years. I'm putting your foot to the fire, man. You got to give me uh, one person. No, that don't count, dude. That's a yeah, freaking soundtrack guy. What's your favorite group, man? I really don't know. Okay. Well, um, what was your last favorite group? And, uh, I, I listened in the nineties. I listened to everything from rap to Celine Dion. What okay, is your so last favorite group? It, it went all across the board. So okay. I I, really I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut the video and put Celine Dion on and send it to you. Okay. <laughs> see, <laughs> see if you like it any better. Oh, That's see now, 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 now you've, now you've inspired me. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, guys, um, thank you guys for being on, and uh, have a great week.
All right. Well, if you need a, 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 I have a backup copy. Just let me know if you need it. Oh God, please tell me you don't. Oh, oh, not Celine Dion, but the show. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 the show. <laughs> oh, oh, jeez, the show that we just recorded. Oh, oh didn't God. deny it. <laughs> Okay, you're going to make my side start hurting here in a minute. This is laughing to me. But yeah, the show we just recorded for the past hour, I have an audio recording of it. <laughs> All right, guys. I have a good one. Well, there you have it, guys. We are ready to wrap things up here. Uh, be sure to check us out on all our various social media outlets. And also, you can find out more about Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast at DiscussingWho.com. Be sure to check out all of Discussing Who's latest coverage of the new and exciting season of Doctor Who. Uh, I just want to say um, thank you guys for joining. If you have feedback, please send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com. We might even play it on the show and we really, really appreciate it to, to, to hear, to hear from people out there who might be listening to the show. So guys, we're ready to wrap things up for Kyle, John, Jeremy, and Carrie. I am Clarence. And until next time, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to DiscussingTrek.com slash subscribe.